Hello, I'm Mark Clements, and I'm an Associate Professor of Plastic Surgery at MD Anderson Cancer Center. Today I'm going to be reading my article in the Aesthetic Surgery Journal Open Forum entitled, Stepwise End Block Resection of Breast Implant-Associated Anaplastic Large Cell Lymphoma with Oncologic Considerations. My co-authors are Sarah Tevis, Kelly Hunt. This is in the Featured Operative Technique section of ASJ Open Forum. Abstract. Guidelines published by the National Comprehensive Cancer Network state that standard of care treatment for the majority of patients with breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma, or BIA-ALCL, is surgical resection. This cancer is generally indolent, and if confined to the capsule, curative treatment is usually surgery alone. An end-block resection involves a total capsulectomy, explantation, complete excision of associated masses, and excision of any involved lymph nodes. Patients with surgical control of disease have favorable long-term overall and event-free survival. Oncologic principles should be applied when resecting BIA-ALCL, and a complete oncologic resection is essential to cure patients of the disease. Incomplete resections, partial capsulectomies, and positive margins are all associated with high rates of disease recurrence and have potential for progression of the disease. Routine sentinel lymph node biopsy is unnecessary, and full axillary lymph node dissection is rarely indicated except in cases of proven involvement of multiple nodes. Lymphoma oncology consultation and disease staging by imaging is performed prior to surgery. Importantly, end-block resection is indicated only for an established diagnosis of BIALCL, and it is not recommended for merely suspicious or prophylactic surgeries. The purpose of this article was to demonstrate a stepwise approach to surgical ablation of BIA-ALCL with an emphasis on oncologic considerations critical to disease prognosis. Introduction. Surgical management of breast implant-associated anaplastic large cell lymphoma has demonstrated improved event-free progression and overall survival and long-term follow-up compared with any other treatment modality. On the basis of this research, the National Comprehensive Cancer Network established consensus standard of care treatment guidelines for the surgical resection of BIA-ALCL. Surgical management of this disease has now been recommended by the World Health Organization and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. It is generally indolent, and if confined to the capsule, can usually be cured with surgery alone. An end-block resection involves a total capsulectomy, explantation, complete excision of associated masses, and excision of involved lymph nodes. And in general, plastic surgeons are most familiar with complete capsulectomy performed for capsular contracture associated with implants. And they may not be accustomed to oncologic ablation of a lymphoma. Capsulectomy for benign conditions may only be partial, and resection is often performed in a piecemeal fashion. In contrast, oncologic principles should be applied when resecting BIA-ALCL, and a complete oncologic resection is essential to curative treatment for the disease. Incomplete resections, partial 
copsalectomies, and positive margins are all associated with high rates of disease recurrence and, in rare cases, accelerated progression of disease. In this article, we describe a stepwise approach to surgical ablation of BIA-ALCL with an emphasis on oncologic considerations pertinent to a plastic surgery audience. Institutional Experience A prospective study of all institutional cases from 2013 to 2018 was performed for patients receiving surgical management of BIA-ALCL. Intraoperative techniques and outcomes were reviewed, and the study was approved by Institutional Review Board of MD Anderson Cancer Center, and all patients submitted written consent. 26 consecutive patients were identified receiving N-block surgical resection and explantation by the authors. Perioperative complications included one case of pneumothorax, 3.8%, treatment with closure of the pleural defect over suction without further sequela. Two disease recurrences, 7.8%, were noted at an average of five months from surgery, and all patients eventually achieved complete remission, 100%, and no deaths were reported. Patient Selection and Preoperative Evaluation the surgical treatment of a patient with pathologically confirmed BIA-ALCL follows a standardized approach set forth by the National Comprehensive Cancer Network, or NCCN. We have previously reviewed the approach to a suspected case and the pathologic workup of a delayed seroma, which are outside the scope of this article. In brief, BIA-ALCL most commonly presents with a delayed greater than one year from implantation periprosthetic fluid collection around a textured implant. Diagnosis of BIA-ALCL is established with, number one, large anaplastic morphology on cytology, number two, a single T-cell clone on flow cytometry, and number three, CD30-positive confluent immunohistochemistry. CD30-IHC is a diagnostic test for BIA-ALCL, but by itself is not completely pathognomonic, for the disease as lymphocytes can express trace CD30 in certain inflammatory states. When a patient is found to have BIA-ALCL, a complete evaluation with metastatic workup is indicated prior to surgical intervention. Preoperative evaluation and staging ideally includes a multidisciplinary approach involving a lymphoma oncologist, hematopathologist, plastic surgeon, and a surgical oncologist. A positive a positron emission tomography, or PET scan, should be obtained preoperatively to determine the stage of disease and also for surgical planning. Following surgery, a PET scan is unreliable for the detection of disease for several months due to post-surgical inflammation. The preoperative PET CT scan can serve as an intraoperative surgical roadmap for resection of disease to ensure any associated masses are resected with the specimen. Importantly, an N-block resection is indicated only for an established diagnosis of BIA-ALCL, and it's not recommended for merely suspicious or prophylactic surgeries. Preoperative markings are made with the patient in a standing position. Chest wall anatomy is highlighted, which includes inframammary folds and breast meridian bilaterally. Note that a large effusion around the breast can dissect tissue planes, destroying the inframammary fold or lateral axillary line, which may need to be addressed and corrected intraoperatively. 
NCCN guidelines on BIA-ALCL recommend consideration of contralateral explantation due to known cases of bilateral disease. We recommend an end-block resection of bilateral breast implants and surrounding capsules at the same time. Any previous incisions should be noted and utilized for access to the breast to preserve blood supply. Of note, many breast patients undergoing a large volume explantation will have significant redundant skin, which can be resected in a mastopexy skin excision at the time of explantation or delayed for later. Some patients may have a mass that involves overlying skin or is particularly close to the skin requiring skin excision. Ideally, skin invasion can also be incorporated into a mastopexy design, a wise pattern, or modified patterns to account for skin loss. Prophylactic antibiotics are administered intravenously, and sequential compression devices are placed before the induction of anesthesia. Patients with active cancer are at higher risk to develop venous thromboembolism. Patients are positioned supine with the arms abducted on the operating table. Ultrasound evaluation in the operating room can help localize any associated mass or lymphadenopathy. Biopsy confirmed lymph node metastasis should be excised at the time of explantation if reasonably feasible. The procedure for end-block resection of BIA-ALCL is described in 18 steps and is presented in Table 1. A video that demonstrates the surgical process is available as supplementary material. An oncologic end-block resection consists of explantation, total capsulectomy, including the posterior wall, along with any associated masses. The excision should be performed end-block in every effort should be made to avoid contaminating the wound with tumor. There is no role for total mastectomy, sentinel lymph node biopsy, or routine axillary lymph node dissection in the treatment of BIA-ALCL. Any suspicious or biopsy-proven metastatic lymph nodes warrant excision. For select patients, subcutaneous tumescence with solution containing lidocaine, either 0.05% or 0.1%, saline and epinephrine, 1 to 1 million, can help facilitate ablation while not compromising the blood supply of skin flaps. High-risk patients are most amendable to tumescent technique, which include breast cancer reconstruction patients with previous mastopexy scars or patients with prepectoral subcutaneous reconstructions where the resection of the capsule might overly compromise the skin flap vascularity. Tumescence should be placed just into the subcutaneous plane and not within the breast parenchyma or directly into the capsule. The establishment of tissue planes by tumescence and hydrodissection is oncologically sound and does not disrupt margin status. Skin excisions are made along previous scars, such as along the inframammary fold. Previous transaxillary incisions and periareolar incisions may be too small and too remote to perform an end-block resection, and therefore adequate access may necessitate an inframammary fold approach. Dissection proceeds through the skin and parenchyma down to but not into the capsule. A small rim of healthy tissue should be kept around the capsule for evaluation of margins. Tissue flaps are created of skin, subcutaneous fat, and breast parenchyma 
first superficial and then deep to the capsule and implant. For patients with subpectoral implants, the plane of dissection needs to remain below the level of the muscle to prevent inadvertent resection of the muscle. Prepectoral implants are technically easier to remove off the posterior chest wall, but may result in particularly thin skin flaps on the anterior surface. We find that a plasma blade, supplied by Medtronic in Minneapolis, Minnesota, creates less thermal injury and more precise plane of dissection compared with standard electrocautery in these challenging cases. During surgery, physicians should attempt to adhere to oncologic principles of tumor ablation. This includes changing instruments when moving to a different surgical site, such as from one breast to another. An end block resection is ideally removed as one specimen with the implant, capsule, and peri-implant fluid collection intact. Care should be made to avoid spillage of the malignant effusion, which may lead to spread of the disease along the chest wall. The chest wall is a frequent location of recurrence following partial capsulectomy that leaves the posterior capsule wall. For this reason, the entire capsule needs to be removed with the main specimen. For implants placed in the submuscular position, the capsule may be densely adherent to the ribs and periosteum. Tumescence of the posterior wall can facilitate capsule elevation off of the chest wall Care should be taken to avoid dissection into the intercostal muscles to minimize the risk of pneumothorax, the sole intraoperative complication we have encountered. Small rents in the pleura can be closed over suction through a red rubber tube, whereas a large pneumothorax would require a chest tube placement. If violation of the chest wall and lung pleura is in question during the dissection, a postoperative chest x-ray is recommended to rule out a pneumothorax. At the most distal aspect of resection, a lighted retractor, extended bovi tip, and skin countertraction will facilitate exposure and resection. End block resection of an implant and capsule can lead to significant postoperative pain, particularly in cases involving periosteal stripping along the ribs. Therefore, local anesthetic should be administered intraoperatively to minimize postoperative narcotic requirements. Either a 1% lidocaine, 0.5% marcaine mix, or Expirel bupivacaine liposome injectable suspension by Passera Pharmaceuticals can be injected and administered with a blunt tip needle for an intercostal nerve block. Typically, intercostal nerves 4 and 5 are targeted with 3 millimeters, 3 milliliters per rib as these nerves provide the majority of sensation to the breast area. Immediate construction, reconstruction, either autologous or smooth implant, may be performed as clinically indicated based on stage of disease. Note that when performing a smooth implant reconstruction, the pocket must be recreated as resection of the capsule will obliterate the boundaries of the implant. Reestablishment of the lateral fold an inframammary fold can be performed via tissue approximation using absorbable 3OPDS suture. Alternatively, if recreation of the anatomic boundaries of the breast pocket is not possible with suture alone, 
acellular dermal matrix reinforcement of the pocket for soft tissue support may be utilized similar to a standard prosthetic breast reconstruction. The large cavity created by an end block resection may be prone to seroma formation, particularly in the absence of reconstruction. Therefore, quilting sutures down to the chest wall, fibrin tissue sealant, liberal use of drains can help minimize this risk. For significant skin redundancy, an immediate mastopexy can be performed based on the size of the implant removed, intrinsic skin laxity, existence of previous scar lines, and amount of excess skin. For resectable disease stage 1A to 2A, we will offer the patient an immediate reconstruction. For invasive disease, questions regarding the completeness of resection and metastasis, we will delay reconstruction 6 to 12 months to confirm complete remission. At the conclusion of the procedure, patients receive postoperative immobilization in a surgical bra. Specimens should be oriented for pathologic review to allow for future surgical or radiation therapy planning. Specimen orientation may consist of intraoperative markings of the specimen with ink, or marking two margins, superior and lateral, with sutures. Medium-sized surgical clips should be placed in the capsulectomy defect, particularly in any areas directly adjacent to a resected mass, to ensure the local location of the excision cavity can be identified on imaging for disease surveillance, and the potential for salvage radiation therapy in the setting of recurrence. Consensus on margin adequacy has not been established. Positive margins with cancer cells at the inked edge of the tissue resection have demonstrated high local recurrence rates. At our institution, demonstration of margins with, quote, no ink on tumor, end quote, is deemed sufficient. A pathologist may classify the margins as close, lymphoma cells near the edge of the resected tissue, but not right at the edge, and therefore free of ink. Following end block resection, most patients will be discharged on the same day or within 23-hour observation in an outpatient setting. For smooth implant reconstruction, a supportive bra is maintained four to six weeks to prevent displacement and malposition. Patients treated with complete resection are followed with history and physical examination every three to six months for two years postoperatively. Drain tube removal generally occurs at two to three weeks. Patients with residual disease or who underwent incomplete resection require evaluation by a multidisciplinary team to discuss the possible need for adjuvant chemotherapy and or radiation therapy. Discussion. BIA ALCL is typically indolent in nature and prognosis following complete resection is very good. An evaluation of 74 patients with breast implant ALCL who were treated with complete resection demonstrated events local and distance of 0% for stage T1 or T2 disease and 14.3% for T4 disease. BIA ALCL has been shown to metastasize to regional nodal basins, bone, small bowel, liver, and skin in rare cases, particularly following incomplete resections of disease. To date, 
16 patient deaths have been reported and associated with BIA-ALCL, and the FDA updates this to 33 cases of deaths worldwide, which emphasize that BIA-ALCL is a lymphoma, a malignancy, and the ability to invade surrounding tissue demonstrates the need for prompt diagnosis and adequate treatment. Patients should ideally be evaluated by oncology preoperatively so that the patient may be followed up for disease surveillance. Clinical examination is recommended at intervals of three to six months with surveillance PET scan at six-month intervals for at least two years. In conclusion, complete end-block surgical excision is essential for the curative treatment of BIA-ALCL. A complete resection should include removal of the entire capsule as well as any associated masses and any suspicious lymph nodes. Oncologic principles such as specimen orientation, placing clips in the tumor cavity should be employed during oncologic ablation. An end-block resection is indicated only for an established diagnosis of BIA-ALCL and is not recommended for merely suspicious or prophylactic surgeries. When treated appropriately and in a timely fashion, BIA-ALCL has an excellent prognosis. There is supplementary material available, and this article contains that material located online at www.asjopenforum.com. For disclosures, the authors declared no potential conflicts of interest with respect to the research, authorship, and publication of this article. And for funding, the researchers received no financial support for the research, authorship, and publication of this article. For the figures of the manuscript, Figure 1 demonstrates BIA-ALCL patient example. This is a 43-year-old female who had a past medical history of left breast cancer and bilateral nipple sparing mastectomies and reconstruction with textured Biocell 410 Allergan Corporation implants. Three years following implantation, she developed a left periprosthetic effusion. Fine needle aspiration demonstrated BIA ALCL, and she underwent a single stage end block resection with explantation, total capsulectomy, and immediate reconstruction with smooth silicone implants. The patient is shown at 18 months follow up and remains in complete remission. Figure 2 Patient positioning and preoperative markings. Patients are marked in an upright position prior to going to OR. Markings should include normal anatomic boundaries and account for how an enlarged breast from an effusion may need to be reshaped for symmetry. Explantation with reimplantation may require a concomitant mastopexy to account for excess skin redundancy. The decision to perform a mastopexy is based on the skin laxity, here demonstrated in a 64-year-old woman. In rare situations, BIA-ALCL mass may be near or invade overlying skin demonstrated in a red circle in the figure. In these cases where skin excision is required, a wise pattern type skin excision or modification can be employed to account for the skin loss while still maintaining the teardrop shape of the breast. Figure 3. Intraoperative ultrasound. 
Ultrasound is a helpful intraoperative imaging tool for localizing extent of effusion pocket, masses, and metastatic lymph nodes. In this example, the patient had a single supraclavicular lymph node, which was first appreciated by preoperative PET scan, then localized intraoperatively with ultrasound to facilitate excisional biopsy. Table 1. N-block resection of BIA-ALCL with key oncologic principles. Surgical management of BIA-ALCL. Number one, a preoperative PET scan serves as a surgical roadmap for planning N-block resection. Number two, mark the patient preoperatively for breast anatomy as well as planned incisions for mastopexy if necessary, reconstruction, and need for skin excision. Number three, intraoperative ultrasound or localization with radioactive or magnetic seeds can localize capsular masses or discrete lymph nodes to facilitate resection. Number four, for select patients, tumescence of skin flaps may facilitate ablation. Number five, utilize existing breast incisions. Number six, inframammary approach provides the best exposure for an N-block resection. Number seven, establish dissection planes surrounding the capsule with elevation of overlying skin and parenchymal flaps. Number eight, complete capsulectomy should always include the posterior capsule. Number nine, Tumescence hydrodissection aids in the elevation of the posterior capsule off of the chest wall. Number 10, excise suspicious and confirmed lymphadenopathy. Avoid sentinel lymph node or full axillary dissection. Number 11, ensure meticulous hemostasis. Number 12, liberal drain placement. Number 13, change instruments for contralateral procedures. Number 14, specimens should be oriented for pathology evaluation. Number 15, surgical clips should be placed in the tumor bed, particularly in an area where a mass is resected. Number 16, local anesthetic injection for intercostal blocks with lidocaine, marcaine, or Expiril. Number 17, reconstruction with smooth implants or autologous tissue based on stage of disease. Number 18, postoperative immobilization in a surgical bra. Figure 4. Tumescence of skin flaps for selected patients, tumescence and hydrodissection of skin planes can facilitate ablative surgery. A demonstrates a 58-year-old woman with previous mastopexy, previous nipple-sparing mastectomies, or prepectoral implant placement with thin skin flaps also benefits from hydrodissection, which allows for a sharp dissection of tissue and minimal compromise of vascularity. Tumescence should be placed just into the subcutaneous... Figure 5. Incision and establishment of dissection plane. A 36-year-old woman is shown. N-block resection is technically easier through an inframammary fold incision and may be more difficult through a periareolar or axillary incision. Incisions should utilize previous scars and proceed down to but not entering the capsule. Skin and parenchymal flaps are elevated off of the capsule. Care should be taken to stay on the capsule and not resect the pectoralis major muscle with the specimen. BIA-ALCL is not a disease of the breast parenchyma and therefore a mastectomy is not indicated. Countertraction with surgical rakes helps maintain plane of dissection. 
Figure 6. Resection of posterior capsule. This 36-year-old woman is shown demonstrating removal of the posterior capsule off of the rib cage, which is essential to performing a complete capsulectomy. This tissue plane may be difficult to establish and frequently involves stripping of the periosteum off the ribs. Injection of tumescence via a blunt tip needle can facilitate the establishment of a surgical plane and resection of the posterior wall. Illustration demonstrates an end block resection which encompasses a total capsulectomy with explantation and resection of any associated masses. A breast augmentation patient with a retropectoral textured implant is shown, and surgical approach is via an inframammary fold incision. Any suspicious or biopsy-proven lymph node metastasis also warrants excision. Complete surgical ablation is essential in the treatment of BIA, ALCL, and for many patients can be curative. Figure 7, resection of specimen. The 36-year-old woman is again shown demonstrating that a lighted retractor, extended bovi device, and skin countertraction all facilitate removal of the most distal aspects of the capsule. Capsules around implants may be quite extensive, extending up to the clavicle and deep into the axilla. While resecting a specimen, care should be taken to note any associated capsular mass and resect with a rim of normal tissue. A mass on the posterior capsule that was excised at the time of end block resection is shown. Figure 8. Local anesthetic. Intercostal nerve blocks decrease postoperative narcotic use and expedite recovery. Local anesthetic with lidocaine, marcaine, or expiril is injected liberally surrounding the breast cavity and drain sites. Figure 9. Recreation of anatomic boundaries, an end block resection with total capsulectomy can destroy the natural boundaries of the breast, such as the lateral and inframammary fold. A demonstrates obliteration of the lateral axillary line of the breast cavity well into the patient's axilla. Immediate smooth implant reconstruction requires recreation of these anatomic boundaries by means of suture approximation of the soft tissue shown in B. This demonstrates recreation of the lateral axillary line shown by the yellow box using an absorbable 3.0 PDS suture. Alternatively, acellular dermal matrix may be utilized for soft tissue support to replace the resected scar capsule. Figure 10. Postoperative support. At the conclusion of the case, patients are placed in a surgical bra for immobilization and to prevent seroma formation. A 64-year-old woman is demonstrated immediately following end-block resection with smooth implant reconstruction. For immediate smooth implant reconstructions, a supportive bra is maintained four to six weeks to prevent displacement and device malposition. Figure 11, specimen orientation. Orientation of the specimen is critical in the event that the patient has an associated capsular mass with a positive margin. Orientation sutures are demonstrated superiorly, short, and laterally long, which allows for a complete three-dimensional orientation of the specimen by pathology. Figure 12, pathology evaluation. An end block resection 
removed as a single specimen allows pathology to evaluate the effusion and anatomic orientation of any associated masses to the implant and the capsule. The appearance of a malignant effusion, which is sent for CD30 immunohistochemistry, and flow cytometry. Microbiology culture swabs can be sent if there is a concern for infection.